Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. Kind of more like Studio A and two-thirds. It's not really quite that. We're, we're a bit further north in the Bay than, uh, well, say last night. Uh, we are here. Hi there, and welcome. And yes, this is Andy Froyland. I'm just, I'm just the moderator tonight. We need to get that big voiced announcer guy to say something a little bit different because tonight is our truth for today evening. Uh, every fourth Friday of the month, uh, Craig has been kind enough to let us step in for a couple of hours and talk to you. You know, the thing is. Monday through Thursday, normally around here, we get to talk to you about uh, all kinds of things from a Judeo-Christian perspective here on Lifeline. A lot of times it's politics, uh, whatever the case. So consider this your sorbet for the month, your spiritual sorbet for the month. And uh, doing the sorbeting is Pastor Phil Howard. Uh, Pastor Emeritus, Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and also your host for Truth For Today, which uh, shows up here on KFAX Monday through Friday. Uh, when do we happen? What what time is that, Chuck? <laughs> I only produce the folks. <laughs> 5.30 in the morning, 8.30 again Sundays. Uh, it is just a real exciting time to wake up in the morning and, and get your spiritual fuel uh, so you can hit the afterburners later on in the day and just really cook for Christ, as they say. So anyway, Pastor Phil. Yes. Hi there, and uh, welcome to your show. It's good to <laughs> be here. We want to talk tonight, uh, get to it, about the love of God and how it works out uh, in this fallen world. But uh, I think all of us are burdened by Russia's invasion of the Ukraine yeah. And uh, when I hear that Putin happens to be the wealthiest man in the world, worth billions, uh, rules over more real estate uh, than any other ruler, maybe China would be the other nation, India. But you talk about miles of real estate. I've driven over Ukraine with some dear brothers, not the whole country. I flew through 11 time zones to get to the Ukraine. And uh, we are grieved over what God's people there are going through. We were in Whitechapel, Ukraine. We were in Kiev. We know there's a fine seminary in Kiev. And I want you Ukrainian people know that we are burdened for you. We're praying for you. And... Uh, we pray for the Russian people that are embarrassed with such a leader that is not leading, but is being a warmonger. And I, before we get started, I wanted to read James uh, chapter 4, where he says, what causes fights and quarrels? And the word for fights is really war. It's strategy, polemics. What causes wars and quarrels? Among you, this is scary. This wasn't the nations. This was a local church that he's writing to. So even believers struggle with this, uh, I want it and I'll do anything to get it. Uh, don't they come from your desires 
that battle within you? I think of David. David had 15 wives in the harem when he decided to kill a man to take another woman. And he's one of our heroes of the faith. But right here, strong desire, I want her. I want that. I want to tell you, there's enough killing power in our bosom, our greatest enemy we carry with us. It's called you and your sin nature. And I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven, when you gave me a new heart, why didn't you take out all the old? I wish I didn't have to deal with any of the old. But he says, you desire, but you do not have. So you accept it. No, you kill somebody. Now that's hyperbole, some believe. Others believe in a Jewish church with zealots, they could literally kill you because they were part of the Maccabees and a part of that revolt against Rome. These people knew how to fight. But he's writing to us believers. If you don't get your way, how far would you go to get it? Would you kill a brother? Maybe not with a gun, but would you hate him enough, according to Jesus, to destroy his influence, to destroy his reputation? Now think of what's going on among the nations. I want more land. I want more power. Uh, I want more money. What would you do? Well, I'll kill you. Your life is worth nothing. And yet we come to the God of Scripture. When he went to battle, it wound up on a cross. And he bore the penalty of our sin in a battle that nobody could have ever won against God. But he said, the only way sin could be conquered is somebody's got to pay for it. And somebody's got to step on the head of Satan. And three days later, I'll make it evident that Satan has been defeated. So this is why we're on the air. We believe the gospel wins all battles. That the gospel defeats Satan who wants to damn the soul of the human race. And so we want to pray before we get going for the people of the Ukraine and uh, pray God will end this conflict quickly. Mm. Father, I come to you on behalf of the people of Ukraine and the other bordering nations next to Russia, Lithuania, others that could be invaded next. We're praying that you some way would restrain Putin and the Russian army to go no further, to withdraw. We don't want to see one person killed, one child shot one senior killed in their last days. Father, we know believers there. We have worshipped with many of the Ukrainian pastors. We've taken communion when snow was on the ground. And when the building we were in, we could breathe and see fog because there was no heat in the middle of the winter. Brothers that love you, sisters cooking for us, standing in snow. Oh, I pray for my precious brothers and sisters, and I pray for the people of the Ukraine, saved or not, 
show mercy on them. Rescue them at this time. Restrain evil men. Please restrain the wicked that they cannot destroy the innocent and those who do not want a war, who do not want to fight. Please, Father, intervene, show mercy, and uh, strengthen the hands of those that are in the storm. May they trust in you. May Psalms 56, 4 be theirs. When I am afraid, I will trust in God, in whose word I praise. Deliver them, rescue them, we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, that is uh, the only answer we really have when it comes to the Ukraine, when it comes to the, the conflicts, not just in Ukraine, but all over the world. Our hope is in Christ, yes. and that is our only hope. And to kind of tack on to that, I mean, you know, we begin the program, Phil, and we'll pick this up. We've got to take a break here in just a second. But we've started the program with a, a burdened heart for brothers and sisters and people uh, who find themselves tonight under attack physically. In many respects, that is the love of Christ that is shed abroad in our hearts that mm -hmm. provides us with that same love and that same desire. And that is what uh, our time together tonight will be all about as we continue down this road of God's love for us. So let's uh, let's let's put a little a bookmark right there. Take care of some business, and Lifeline will continue right after this. Try that again. <laughs> Lewis wrote a book on four loves, and one love, Storke, was family love. Phileo was friendship love. Eros was physical love. And agape, especially in the Greek New Testament, a new definition was poured into it, and that definition was sacrifice, to love an object so much that you would sacrifice yourself for it. So it changed it, and Christ gave it that new meaning. But I was just thinking of what he said in Matthew 24. He said to his disciples, you will be hated, persecuted to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. I'm told that since COVID, for only 42% of believers have returned to church. I wonder if it's been a sifting place. I wonder if your faith is resting on a pandemic that the United States government cannot figure out and there's not enough vaccines at work. Uh, we're still going. We may be up to the fourth booster shot. But what did he say? That will make you so afraid you won't gather with God's people. You won't serve. And listen to what he says. They'll turn from the faith and they will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. 
you know, I um, I don't think I'm ancient of days, but I got saved far enough back. I often say I was saved in a microwave oven. Uh, the What we lacked in knowledge, what we lacked in doctrine, I'm telling you, uh, we didn't lack in love. The, the night I got saved as a 14-year-old punk with a fist load and a leather jacket, I tell you, before I I left that night, every, and these were a holiness church, uh, ladies with buns in their hair, dresses down to the, their, uh, you know, they wore their long sleeves, all as old fogey as you could be. And here I'm a teenager growing up on Presley, Carl Perkins, Rockabilly. <laughs> I'm into rock and roll. I'm cool. Guess what? When God's love was poured out in my heart, they formed a circle. And every old saint in that building had this 14-year-old kid want to fall on their neck and thank them for loving me all these years, for teaching me Sunday school. Because the love of God was gushed abroad. And it's quite interesting to me that Jesus said, the first church that I'm going to remove is an orthodox successful church that just doesn't love me like it used to. They're sound in doctrine. They hate the wrong doctrines. Uh, they're hard workers. Everything is great. Just you, you just don't love me like you used to. It's all about who wins the argument. It's all about doctrine. But you can't talk about how much you love him. Because if you love him, you'll obey him. You'll love his people. And we're in a day that ministering, I think, in America and maybe the Bay Area is like ministering on a floating iceberg and trying to get people to have a warm heart towards God. Hmm. What is the temperature? If Jesus took your temperature and the temperature of your church, would he say hot, medium, cold? What What is it? All we do is mow the lawns, pay the rent, and hope nobody disagrees with us. Is that it? No, no. Where God rebaptizes in an immersion of the love of God, because this world, they are desperate to be loved. Would anybody make a sacrifice for them to go to heaven besides Christ? Could they ever see it in a sacrificial church? Mm-hmm. Or are we living for ourselves? Mm-hmm. And I think that's our challenge for all of us. Well, and that challenge is what we're discussing here tonight on Lifeline. And some of the practical outworkings of this and what it really looks like. And that's what we want to spend time with you on tonight. Uh, as, as we take a break here, Pastor Phil, my first thought as I'm listening to you talk through all of this is... The fact that this love has an action to it. Oh, it yes. is. Uh, it, it, it's not just a word that we toss around. Yes. It should be seen. If I, if I say I love you, there should be some actions that back all that up. So when, when it comes to this specific kind of love that you already have identified, this agape love, I mean, if it's a, if it's a phileo love or a storge love or an eros love, you're going to see certain actions that come along with that, you know. Um, But when it comes to agape love, 
you're going to see some radical actions. Absolutely. They're, they're, and they're going to be quite uh, opposite of what we tend to think love is. It, it's going to look reckless. It's yes. going to look wild. It's going to look stupid. It's going to look like it just does not make sense. And so I'll put a bookmark there. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick time out, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation, taking a look at some of these actions that show up in agape love. All right? So we've got a quick time out we're taking. Back with Lifeline right after this. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back, Andy Froyland, along with your guest host tonight, Pastor Phil Howard, who is your host for Truth For Today, Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, right here on KFAX, and of course, Sunday mornings at 8.30. You'll find out more as you visit their website, truthfortodayradio.org. We're talking about love tonight and just uh, how vital it is that love should be one of those key trademarks of any believer in Christ. Yes. And, and yes. quite honestly, if it's absent, you really have to sit back and ask some serious questions. Of, if you are in the faith, test yourself. Test See yourself. if you be in the faith. And one of those key tests is going to be this kind of love. And, you know, Phil, as, as we took a break, uh, I, I kind of challenged you a bit to give us a look at what this love looks like as it's lived out. And it's really going to be vastly different than what the rest of the world thinks love should look like. Even to the point, even to the point, and this is where we get all of those weird looks from those who aren't believers in Christ, we love our enemies. Of our enemies. Well, that, that's a challenge, you know. Yeah. That's where people, I think that's where we lose a lot of folks because they look at us like we're off our rocker. But if you really think about it, is not that the exact same love that Jesus gave to you and I? That's it, exactly. While we were yet enemies. Christ died for us. Christ died for us. That's it, a that's a that's an an extravagant, reckless, reckless love, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the political arena is trying to give us what only the new birth can give you. Amen. And that is a true love for all people. Uh, I just recently, I just think it's a love. Uh, I was reading right here. It says, "If you love me, uh, keep my commands." Uh, I was dealing with a man that he said, well, he just moved in with his girlfriend and uh, uh, attending our church, a man that I'd come to love. And I just ignored it. You know, a slip. You wouldn't be telling your pastor this. But uh, uh, we went on a little bit more and and I got the message clear. He had moved in with her. I said, uh, okay. And so before he left, he was doing some work for me. I said, you know, it'd be interesting if you get a chance. I said, maybe read a couple of verses and tell me what you think. He said, oh, yeah. He, he, he said he loved the Bible. I said, read 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5, that to prevent immorality, every man should have his own wife. And uh, if you haven't been given the gift of uh, singleness, uh it's in order to be married in God's sight. And I said, I didn't tell him the verse. I read that. And I said, and with it, read John 15, 14, 15. If you love me, 
keep my commands. He called me that night. He said, you laid a trap for me, didn't you? <laughs> and I you said, sneaky vicar. Yeah, and he said, and how's that? And he said, well, man, he said, I got to marry her. I said, it'd be a good idea or move out. Well, he married her, <laughs> and they're happy with it. Uh, I tell you, in God's kingdom, uh, anybody can say, Lord, Lord. I Oh, they're going to say it in the last day. We know you, and they're going to re- read down their list of the things they claim they did in his name. And he's going to ask one question. He said, did you obey me? Did you trust my son? Did you walk characteristically in obedience? Not perfect, but was that characteristic of you? And I think uh, today to find the obedient, dependent disciple, you know they love the Lord because they obey him above all the voices and all the cacophony of this age that's gone berserk. No, uh, this love will make you uh, obey. And I think Chuck has been reading Ephesians 4 that says, it dresses in the garments of humility and gentleness. Cocky people do not love God or they haven't been humbled enough to love God because you quit being full of yourself once the love of God takes over. But I think a big picture we need to touch on is this matter of forgiveness. Um, I think the most dangerous thing we have in all relationships is the danger of an unforgiving spirit. You can't keep a family together. You can't keep a courtship together. You can't keep a church together. Nothing can coexist together with humans without forgiveness. Because we're going to disappoint, offend, uh, unappreciate. We're going to blow it somehow. I've been married to one woman for 56 years, dated her two and a half years before. So I've been kissing the same girl for 58 years. And I'm going to tell you, if there's no thing as forgiveness, we wouldn't still be married. Uh I mean, it just little things can just become a wedge and become that little uh, termite that eats away at a relationship. But the love of God model that God forgave us of everything. It's a matter of fact, before I sin, God's already made a provision to forgive it. He said, the blood of Christ is continually cleansing me from every remnant and every act of sin. Okay, wait, hear me, radio audience. Did you know that if you're a child of God, when you sin, God the Son steps over on the judgment site before the judge as your co-witness that it's already been taken care of? He will be your advocate in the court of whether you sinned or not. And he will not say you didn't sin. You did sin. But he will say, and I died. And my death 
was more than sufficient for their sin. This is the love we're talking about, the love that obeys, the love that forgives. I I know of churches in trouble. They're fussing. We've been through trials of late, different issues, this issue, that issue. Our poor elders have spent all their time putting out fires, differences of opinion. When in the world do we repent of self-centered thinking and we come together and celebrate we're in Christ and nothing in this world is meant to separate us? Mm -hmm. Nothing. And uh, what do you men think? Uh, Did you need any forgiveness in your marriage or I mean, I know you had to forgive her a lot and that she didn't need to forgive you, but uh, we'll pray for her. Now, look, I, I can't make it in the church without forgiveness. No, we uh, can't. People come to me, you offended me, Pastor. I, you know what? I used to defend myself. Now I'm thinking, I probably did. And you probably deserve an apology. It's a wonderful thing not to have to prove yourself to be perfect, to be a servant. Mm-hmm. You've got to be willing to humble ourselves and say, I will not go to sleep tonight having known I offended you without an effort to make it right. I won't let the sun go down on my anger. You're too precious for me to do that. Uh, I found that raising children I was oh my. a harsh father many oh. times. I grew up where you spank first, then you discuss. I mean, the generation I grew up with, believe me, uh, spankings were in order. Guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> yeah. And boy, I've had nights. I've had to go next to one of my daughter's bed and say, your dad was wrong. Yeah. Your dad was harsh. Because I kept thinking, Will they throw up Christianity because they grew up in a fault-filled dad that preached like an angel on Sunday and lived like a devil during the week? And I'm telling you, this love makes us humble ourselves even to seven-year-old children and ask their forgiveness. Amen. Amen. It's the practical outworking. And and really, I, I mean, you know, it's easy. If you love me, you will obey me. And immediately we want to think, okay, well, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not be blah, 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 blah. There's 10, and then there's a whole bunch more. No, 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 no. He, he made it even simpler. He just boiled it into two. And basically, just to reaffirm this whole issue of love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. This sums up the whole of the law. The whole of the law. How simple can it be? Yes. And so this is what we're talking about here tonight on Lifeline as uh, we spend time with Pastor Phil Howard here on uh, our Friday broadcast, our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll continue with all of this, and we've got a couple of, we've got a really cool practical illustration of all this. Yeah sitting just to your right there, and we'll introduce him in just a moment. He's patiently waiting, so we'll we'll take care of that as we discuss the issue of love. Also, 
Maybe you're sitting there in the traffic tonight on your way home, or maybe you're, you've you've pulled into your driveway and you're thinking, I, I want to hear a little bit more of this. If you have a question for us tonight, you're more than welcome to call us up and go, yeah, but you just don't know my boss, or yeah, but you just don't know what my wife has done. How can I love that? We'll help you with all of that if you want to call 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 888-367-5329. We'll take a quick time out and come back as Lifeline continues right after this. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. It is our uh, Friday edition of Lifeline, Truth For Today edition with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. And uh, you can listen to Pastor Phil Monday through Friday right here on KFAX, 530 in the morning. It's an amazing way just to get the program, get your day started. Just to get into the Word and in uh, the podcast as well. You got the pod, and that's that's going to be found at our website at, at either kfax.com or you can go to truthfortodayradio.com and catch the podcast there as well. So five thirty Monday through Friday, uh, right here on KFAX, and of course Sunday mornings at eight thirty. A great way to get the day started and. Uh, we, we encourage you to stop by, pay us a visit, and be encouraged as, as we talk about Jesus and, and gossip his grace. So that's, uh, there's, there's, our, there's our commercial. So we're, we're back at it now, talking about love, talking about uh, God's love that is shed abroad in our hearts and what that actually looks like and how it manifests itself. And, and on that note, I'm going to let you introduce our special guest that's sitting to the right of you, and uh, we'll talk about some uh, a classic illustration of what this love is all about. One changed life is the best argument. Uh, a changed life is the greatest argument for the gospel, and uh, it's better than any argument. And Randy Osti is a young man that uh, grew up in our area, grew up in some very rough areas, uh, of, and uh, just could have been lost to uh, the cause of Christ. And uh, he's with us tonight, and we thought it would uh, warm your heart and challenge you to know how he came in contact with the love of God and how God picked this young man up and uh, changed his destiny from hell to heaven, changed his uh, identity from uh, a hell-bent sinner to a child of the king. And uh, Randy, share with him where you came from and what God has done for you. I will do. First of all, thank you for having me. You know, I wish uh, I would have known what you just said about sharing your testimony. I spent about 20 hours listening to Reasonable Faith, and, and he was given all the apologetics <laughs> of, of the faith. And I'm going through all this logical, ontological, teleological, and cosmological. And, and then at the end of the book, he says, but the number one way to share the faith is a testimony. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, I'd like to share my testimony. So I am a local boy. I'm from Montalvin Manor, which is in San Pablo, California. Um, I did have it rough growing up. Um, I was born uh, in Martinez in the county hospital. My dad was 17 years old. My mother was on her second marriage with him. He was in the Marines. Uh, I had an older sister. She was about three or four years old at the time. 
And uh, unfortunately, about one years old, my dad left. Left my mother with two children. She was on her second divorce. And uh, soon afterwards, found another husband, a good man, had another sister. Uh, uh, they had a, a child. So now I have a mom. Unfortunately, drugs and alcohol was uh, prevalent in our home. Uh, they ended up in a divorce. So now I'm with a single mother. I have an older sister from one marriage, a younger sister from another marriage. There was brokenness. Uh, there was drugs. There was poverty. We were on welfare. We were on food stamps, Section 8, and it was hard. Um, we would have uh, different men coming in the home, whether they were using drugs with my mom or dealing drugs. There was a lot of violence, a lot of chaos, a lot of calls to the police. Um, it was hard growing up. And um, one thing that I realized real soon is that I didn't trust people. Uh, I noticed there was a lot of promise breaking. Nobody can keep a promise. And so um, as I grew up, um, I found my way to, to drugs. I uh, started smoking marijuana at 12 years old. That was the first time I used drugs. I was uh, drinking. I was um, uh, chasing girls. I was um, just living out a, a, a hellish life. And um, it's amazing that throughout that whole entire time, um, even though I had family members that were gang affiliated, uh, they were running with the wrong crowds. I saw a lot of gang violence, killing, uh, drug dealing. All that stuff was going on in my life, even uh, in the certain uh, different neighborhoods that I was growing up in. Um, God kept me. And uh, before I get into the rest of the story, I just want to share this verse. In Hebrews 1, 14, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. I didn't know this verse, but when I look back at my life, God was protecting me even before I came to faith. Yes. And so, um, you wouldn't be alive today. Absolutely not. Um, my dad ended up, I, I got a chance to meet him a little later on in life, about nine years old. And we had a little bit of a relationship in my young, younger years, about 12, 13 years old, but he ended up spending about five or six years in the penitentiary for drugs, dealing drugs. Um, and uh, so um, life was hard. Um, high school was tough. I was rescued around 12 or 13 by my grandmother. I had a chance to live with her. Um, and that were those were some of the best times of my life, living with grandma. They weren't saved. I wasn't being raised in a Christian home, but I was able to learn uh, that there um, there was some folks that, that tried to take care of me and give me some stability. And um, But unfortunately, uh, she had to leave the area. They couldn't afford it. And I was left alone again um, in a drug house, um, a lot of violence, a lot of chaos again. And so um, the only thing that I can think of is to go to the Air Force. And so uh, thankfully, um, I was able to pass the ASVAB test and they took me and um, I got to the Air Force. And what's amazing is that um, God just seemed to continuously put people in my life, even though I didn't put faith in Christ. Um, I ran into a man named Deacon Turner. He was from Oakland, California. And he would bring me to church every Sunday, and he was relentless. I, I met him on the basketball court, and he'd come to the barracks every Sunday, and he'd drag me to church, and I'd have some experiences there, and they were great. But um, uh, even though I may go to the front and put my hands up and maybe receive Christ, it never took. I, I just continuously lived a life of sin. 
Um, I eventually uh, married my wife. Uh, that was at the time my girlfriend, my high school sweetheart. We got married. Um, unfortunately, in the Air Force, um, I still couldn't get, you know, they say they can uh, take the, uh, the the cowboy out of the country, but they can't take the country out of the cowboy. And so, <laughs> well, um, I was still up there drinking, fighting, causing a bunch of chaos and ruckus. And, and they sent me home. Uh, I got discharged from the military, came home. My wife is now four months pregnant. I got to, I got to, uh, stay with my in-laws. Um, life was chaotic. I could, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to be a husband. I don't know how I never had an example. I'm trying to, trying to, uh, get a job that could even pay the bills. And, uh, I tell you what, I was failing in life, but then God decides to intervene in a way that is so supernatural. Um, you know, I hear about all these stories about people accepting Christ at church, but he came and found me right over off of San Pablo Avenue at Hilltop Commons. He tapped me on the shoulder and introduced himself to me, and I repented of my sin. I asked him for forgiveness. I received Christ. Uh, I had a lot of um, a lot of uh, things to handle. I had to ask my wife for forgiveness. I assumed at the moment that I put faith in Christ that my wife would divorce me, that she would leave with my 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 baby, and uh, and that I would be on my own. But at the time, um, th- I, I th- there was no choice. God ripped me out of the world. Um, and when I read Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, now it makes sense to me. In that apartment on the third floor, in that moment when God tapped me on the shoulder, God gave me a new heart. He took out the heart of stone and he gave me a heart of flesh and he causes me to walk in his statutes. <laughs> and I didn't know anything about God. I knew nothing. All the stuff that you guys are talking about, just sitting in this room, watching you guys uh, bounce things off of each other and reading scripture. I knew nothing. And all of a sudden, uh, I find myself at Valley Bible Church mm-hmm. 22 years ago. And I meet a man named Pastor Philip Howard and he becomes my spiritual father. And I go into your teaching and God has been cleaning me up since. And I tell you what, he's taught me how to be a husband. He's taught me how to be a father. He's been so good to me. And when you ask how God's love has manifested in my life, I would tell you this. He restored my marriage. He forgave my sin. And here's the number one thing. When you talk about God's love, he doesn't break his promises. He made a covenantal love with me, and he's the same today, tomorrow, and forever. He's the immutable God. He doesn't change, and I trust him. And now you guys at this church have allowed me to be an elder. This guy, this guy who got pulled out of the muck and mire is able to help to oversee this flock that has meant so much to me where God has given me men in my life to teach me how to be a husband, to be an example, to help me to be a father. Mm-hmm. He is so good. And I must say that Randy and his dear wife are young people. They go to their house, uh, whether they're in high school. Uh, I've got a grandson that's 12. He wants to go to Osties because they feel loved. Uh, Randy's a good athlete, but they're loved they're cared for, and he's pouring his life into young people. 
giving him an alternative to the paths he was on. So he's not just laying around. Man. Transformed. And that and that that is an expression of love that only heaven can deliver, only heaven can produce. We need to take another time out, but when we come back, we'll continue this conversation and our talk with Randy and some of these expressions of love that uh, are are manifest again from heaven. All right? <laughs> Quick time out, off to take care of some news and pay some bills so the lights stay on around here. Back after this in just a moment. On Smart Speakers and the Odyssey. <laughs> San Francisco. 